0: This episode of the Blessed Bossed Up podcast is brought to you by God is My CEO, a prayer journal for entrepreneurs. I am so excited about this journal because it is the first ever prayer journal specifically for entrepreneurs. God gave me this idea a little over a month ago for me to create this journal for business owners. And I am just amazed with the response that has gotten thus far, the people who've been able to pre-order it and download the, the virtual digital version um, and get started with growing that relationship with God and allowing God to be the CEO of their business. This journal is amazing because it has a space for you to surrender your business to God. Uh, It has a space for you to write down your million dollar ideas that God is going to give you as you grow in your relationship with him. It has a place for you to write down your answered prayers so that you can constantly be reminded that if he did it once, he'll do it again. There's a page, there's a section called I feel, but I know and in that section it allows you to navigate the difficult feelings and sometimes just the very personal feelings of being an entrepreneur and relate that to what the scripture says so that you can be encouraged in those not so sexy parts of entrepreneurship there's also a section for sermon notes so if you guys are like me and you watch a lot of sermons online or if you just attend church there's a section for you to take notes in there as well and then of course there are the journaling pages so there's a Morning and evening section for you to journal and spend time with God every single day. So I'm so excited about this journal. I've been getting such amazing responses from everyone who's pre ordered already and been able to utilize the digital version. So make sure you go to com so that you can pre order yours today. Let's start the show. You are listening to Blessed and Bossed Up, presented by Anchored Media. An entrepreneurship podcast for Christians all about how to make God the CEO of your business. Get ready to be inspired, challenged, but well equipped to live and build your destiny His way. Welcome to another episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast. I am so excited to be speaking to you guys this week. Um, today, I'm going to be doing a QA and a episode. I got a lot of really great questions. So I wanted to spend the majority of the episode really diving deep into those. But before we get to that, I really wanted to say just thank you guys so much for purchasing uh, the God is my CEO prayer journal. If you haven't, you can get it off blessedandbossedup.com or you can go to Amazon. So if you got that Amazon, Prime membership. Just go ahead and go straight to Amazon and um, order it from there. And uh, yeah, I just want to say thank you guys so much, and really just say as a testimony to how when how amazing it is when you make God the CEO of your business. I told you guys that God gave me this idea in back in January, and so I created this because. Journaling is something that I did personally and I still do personally to grow my relationship with God And it allows me to kind of document my journey So I can always go back and be reminded of how far God has taken me And so I never really intended to do this as something to sell like it was just my thing So when I created it specifically for entrepreneurs, I was excited because I knew it was a God idea And so um just the amount of orders, I mean this thing has made me like an additional over $5,000 this month just off of pre-orders. And I think that's a testimony really of how, what God will do when you make him the CEO of your business. And when you focus on him, I had no intentions on doing this, but I just got a, a bump in my income, a 5k bump in my income, just by following what God told me to do passive income at that. So that means I don't have to do anything, but packages, package it up and send it that takes (laughs) No time, you know, or if you guys ordered off Amazon, I don't have to do anything at all because it gets shipped from the Amazon warehouse. But that's just a, a quick testimony of how God will really make things happen for you when you make him the CEO of your business and you're really obedient. And as you guys who get this journal, as you really build your relationship with God, especially those who are participating in our Blessed and Bossed Up Challenge, as you grow in your relationship with God, he will do the same thing for you. I'm no special. I am just a regular degla person who decided to to make God the forefront of my life and in my business. And he's blessed me because of it. And he's going to continue to bless me and he's going to bless you, too. So if you haven't gotten it, I strongly urge you to so that you can start figuring out like what exactly you need to be doing in your business. So you're not out here shooting in the dark. And there's really no better source to get that type of guidance and clarity from than the the one who created your path in the first place. So anyway, before we get to the question, um I really want to talk briefly about um a subject that I don't think I talked about before. And and I want to just simply say for you guys, what you focus on really magnifies. And this is one of those times, again, where I have no clue why, why I'm even talking about this. But I really wanted to make that point because I know we've talked about, you know, of course, making God the CEO of your business, focusing on God, this, that and the other. But. Sometimes we can focus a little bit too much on what we aren't happy with in our life that that magnifies as well to the point where we become ungrateful, to the point where we're not even able to see the blessings. We're so distracted by what's not going, um, what's not going as expected in our life that we're not even seeing how many things are going well. And so, when I hear the phrase, what you focus on, or the quote of what you focus on magnifies, it's so true because like even let's take right now for example I'm recording this podcast into my computer next to my computer is a water bottle if I look directly at my computer I can see a water bottle because I have peripheral vision however I'm focused on my computer so it's not distracting me you know it's not that big of a deal it doesn't look as big as it actually is because I'm not focused on it but if I turn my attention to this water bottle now it's big now I can see all the details of what's going on with it now I can see See that um, the label is falling off a little bit. Like now, I could see that it's Deer Park brand. I can see like these details of it, and I can't really see much of on my computer. What's on my computer, other than the fact that my computer's right here. I hope that makes sense. And so the same thing translates over into our lives. We get to focusing on the wrong things, and not even just focusing on not even just having the options to focus on God or focusing on your business because it's not that black and white. We may be focused on, let's say money, because we're not financially in a, where, in a place that we wanna be, so much so that we start doing anything for money because the money problem becomes way bigger than what it has to be. Never, we totally forget the fact that we have food in the fridge, that we have a roof over our head, that our bills are, are paid, barely, but paid. You know, we're not focused. On those things We're just focused On the fact that We don't have the money That we uh, That we want to have So now Now this becomes A bigger problem Than it needs to be We negate the fact That we're still wealthier Than the majority Of the world By just having The bare necessities To where now Money becomes a big thing So now we're trying To rush and put out Projects because We want to hurry up And make money Or now we're partnering With people Who God wants to show us Are actually going to Stab us in the back Or actually going to be people who cause us more harm than good, but we're forming these deals because we're just focused on the money. One thing that I learned a long time ago, um, I think my father told me this was never work with anyone or deal with people at all who only care about money or only care about attention because those two things, they, their loyalty will always come at a price. And that's something I've always taken with me. So even I try to keep myself in check as well. Like money is great. I like nice things. There's a lot of things that I want, but I have everything that I need and almost everything that I want. So I have no reason to be tripping off the fact that I drive a Nissan and not a Porsche. You know, I have no reason to be, to be mad at the fact that I have an apartment and not a house. My apartment is nice and God is going to provide me <laughs> with more things, but I have to ch- make sure that my focus is in check. I focus, I focus on God and everything else to be added unto me. But, and not only that, but I'm not focused on what I, what is not going the best in my life. And so, um, I wanted to talk about this because I think, Something that is... That's not really talked about enough Is how life happens During entrepreneurship Life really does happen And a lot of times especially in the beginning Stages of us building our business It can be a lot It's very mentally taxing in the very beginning To be an entrepreneur you're already Afraid stepping out on this business venture You're already trying to figure out How to balance your life with work With with maybe school or relationships Or family and then you got this new business And um, then something Happens on top of that, like it can be overwhelming. So it's important. I don't know if somebody may be going through something to where um, you may feel like. You're never going to get out of it or you may feel like uh, this problem is is so great that you don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. But life happens in entrepreneurship and we will always get through it. But again, what you focus on magnifies. So we have to make sure that we never focus too much on what's not going right in our life. Life is going to happen. Relatives are going to die. That's the that's the guarantee of life is death. That's the one thing that's that's guaranteed is that we're going to die at some point. And unfortunately that happens And if you're an entrepreneur That probably is going to happen while you're in business But you can't focus on that And that's also why it's important To make sure your business is in in a place Where if that situation happens to you That you're able to properly grieve And your business not suffer However, we don't always have that luxury Life happens Life may be happening to some people that's listening here Even using myself as an example During this last year If I'm talking about life happening. My father's in prison. Um, I'm getting engaged. I have to make tough decisions about getting married with my father being incarcerated. I have to, to make sure that I'm still doing my job as a daughter. And despite how I may personally feel about situations, making sure that I still honor and respect my parents, no matter what, if our relationship is strained or not, I may not have had a death in the family, but that's, that's real life stuff. You know what I mean? Uh, um, A parent going away, especially a father figure, um, in a female or daughter's life is important. You know, so things like that is it happens to families and it, and it hurts, you know, that's not a easy situation, but my business doesn't know that, you know what I mean? My business still grows because I choose not to focus on that. This is my reality. You know what I mean? And so I'm just going to continue to focus on God and focus on what God wants me to do. And I'm going to acknowledge and healthily deal with when life happens. So if, if a parent gets incarcerated, guess what? My business is still going to run day to day. I'm going to go visit. I'm going to, Send letters. I'm gonna send emails. I'm gonna do whatever to maintain that relationship as I can at this point, but still do what God called me to do. Period. Because my purpose is not contingent upon if everything is good in my life. My purpose is contingent on my obedience. And I'm not only obligated to be obedient when everything is 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 uh, hunky dory, <laughs> or oh, when that's a old oh, that's really a country old school saying. But um, yeah, when everything is going well, I'm not only obligated to be obedient and at at that point I have to be obedient period no questions asked and so life happens in entrepreneurship but what you focus on magnifies so if something is going on in your life and you trying to figure out oh all of this is going on you gotta boss up and stop focusing on that and instead focus on how am I going to get out of this How am I going to dig myself out of this dish that I feel like I'm in? If you want to, if you feel like you, you stuck under the covers, you don't know what to do. Cut the lights on, get out the covers and start there. Get out the bed. That's one step and focus on that. Focus on, oh my God, I got out the bed today. Thank you, Lord. I got out the bed today. That's one step in the right direction. You know what I mean? Change what you focus on because what you focus on magnifies. So right over, let's get into uh, these questions. This first question says, what has been your biggest challenge becoming an entrepreneur with your family and friends? Well, I have been blessed to have a great group of friends. Um, My friends, I've been very consistent just since most of my friends have known me. Um, most of my friends, we've been friends for since like middle school, high school, college. So all of my friends have known me pre-entrepreneurship and um, I've always just been consistent in being an overachiever. So that's just who I am by nature. So my friends, if I say that I'm gonna quit my job or I'm starting a business, they're not gonna be like, are you sure you wanna do that or anything like that? They're just gonna kind of be like, Okay, cool Like My friends kind of know that If I set my mind out to do something That I'm going to do it And I'm going to try my best to excel at it So I've been blessed to just have friends Who are very encouraging I mean, If anything, my friends crack jokes I mean, my friend uh, Some of my friends call me self-care tatum Because they swear because I don't work a 9 to 5 That I don't do anything So they always just crack jokes about me Not doing anything or call me self-care If y'all look on my Instagram You'll probably see some of my friends joking joking about me not doing anything all day. But other than just harmless fun, um, I really have not had challenges and that's not a challenge, but I haven't really had challenges with my friends other than this one time in the very beginning when I started my youth program, I did it. I started the business and then I asked a friend of mine to do it with me. Now, she wasn't a partner in the business. I've always been very strategic about what risks I take. And I didn't want to take a risk of that magnitude, meaning having a equity partnership with somebody. But I did. I asked her to help me grow the business. With in the future, my mindset was us doing it in the form of a partnership later. But um, so with that, as I grew in business and things like that, I, we just really grew apart. You know, she was very much so still focused on just a lot of things I really wasn't into. So like guys and and not saying I wasn't into guys, I just wasn't focused on relationships or um, dating or anything like that. I was headstrong on my business. And so with her, she was really focused on relationships or she wanted to party all the time. And I was cool for a season in my life. But as I was growing, that just that just we were just um, unequally yoked after a while. And so business actually ended up going sour between the two of us and we aren't friends anymore. But I'm a firm believer in God will always remove people out of your life Who's not supposed to be there Whether it be for a lifetime or for a season And in that particular relationship um, We just grew apart And I actually prayed about it And got confirmation back then That it was just time to move on From each other in both business and personal And so that was the biggest challenge for me Was just that friendship Is really understanding that you're going to outgrow people And I'm the type of person Like I said, I've had friends Or we've been friends for a very long time Like I have friends from Middle school and elementary school. Like, I have lifelong friendships like that. And so for me, when I have uh, have that level of friendship with people and I love them that much and I'm invested in their well-being, that whole growing apart thing, it, it hurts me because I'm a very caring person once I let people in and I'm very loyal. But growing apart is just a part of the game and it's something that I have to accept. I'm so grateful that I've only had to lose one friend because I know people who have elevated and lost a lot of friends and I'm still growing. So who knows what God has in store for me as far as my friendships go. But um, yeah, just growing apart from people um, when my mindset started to shift was the biggest challenge as far as friends goes. Now, when it comes to family, now family, we can't just all the way, some, some family members, we can't just all the way grow apart from. And so I've had situations, I know with my mother specifically, when I told her I was starting my youth program, it was one thing. You know, when I told all of my family, Like, this is what I'm doing." Uh, it was one thing You know Everybody was excited about it And things like that But then once I started about Started talking about Quitting my job Then the conversation Was a little different It was like Are you sure? Like it was cool To do it on the side But making this A full time thing Now that required A little bit more risk So now they're like Are you sure you want to do that? And so my mom was kind of like Well how much money Do you have saved in the bank? Are you sure this is What you want to do? Like all valid questions Now all the questions That a parent You know Is expected to ask but at that time that's not what I needed to hear you know stepping into entrepreneurship it makes you very vulnerable especially doing it full-time and so in that season I I just needed to be encouraged because I know me and my family knows me my friends know me I'm going to one I don't make decisions at all without um, fully weighing my options I never make rash decisions and so I always felt that with my family it's like y'all should know me better than that like you should know that if 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 I say I'm going to do this, I'm very serious about it. Any question that you can ask me, I've probably already thought of it because I'm super analytical like that. And so um, the challenge was just kind of letting my family know, like, I know that you're asking all of these questions out of love, but that's not what I need. Right. I don't need you to ask me questions or I don't need you to to double check if this is what I want to do. Yes, this is what I want to do. Yes, I know it's risky. Yes, I know the what ifs. But I couldn't live with myself if I didn't uh take a chance on myself. And so I was so that was a huge challenge for me Um, and especially like my grandmother. My grandmother is a southern. woman you know you work jobs she's a teacher you work she's been teaching for like 50 years you know you work jobs and uh, which is it's kind of weird though my great-grandfather was an entrepreneur he owned a um, grocery store in South Carolina and he couldn't even read or write but he kept inventory like he was doing it as an entrepreneur and I, I really never really understood how my grandmother was so skeptical of it when her father was an entrepreneur but nevertheless you can't tell people past a certain age anything <laughs> so you're not going to get them to change their mind so that was definitely something that was challenging for me was getting my parents to under or my uh, certain people in my family to understand but I had to realize within myself it's not for them to understand it's my life you know they, I know that they love me I know they're not trying to, to pull assault on what I'm doing but I have to do live my life for myself and that's what I that's what I told them. And, um, and so that's what I did. And then those same people, you know, once you start making money and you start seeing the fruits of what you're, you were talking about, then they get on board. My grandmother has no clue what I do all day, but she know I can go pick her up and we can go to lunch and she doesn't have to pay for anything. And if she needs something, she can call me and I'll get it for her. She knows that. So she don't really care what I do all day, as long as it's legal. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, it's it was I've had challenges, but that kind of goes back to what we talked What I talked about in the beginning of the episode is what you focus on magnifies. I wanted the support of my friends and family, but I was 100 percent willing to take my leap of faith and do what I had to do if I did not have it. So that's what I think you have to really decide. I know that you're asking me this question probably along the lines because you may be dealing with challenges with your family and friends, but you have to understand that you have to live your life. And it's not up to them. So you, if they support you, great. If they don't, oh well. But they will come around once they start seeing the success. That's for sure. And I, I haven't even reached this level yet, but I've heard like people who are very successful talk about how now they family always calling in for money. They family always want something. They family always expecting to pay when they go out. So it's different challenges based off of what level you at. And so it's just a matter of being very clear within yourself about what it is that you want to do and being uh, headstrong or or being um, committed to making that happen and doing the things that God put you on this earth to do and not letting your the opinions of other people, friends, family included, keep you stagnant in any type of way. So the next question And I I forgot to say this you guys If you have a question Go to blessedandbossedup.com Click on the ask a boss tab And you can submit your questions To be answered as well So this is a relationship question So this is interesting I don't really answer relationship questions often But um, one of the things that God is kind of working with me on Is being more uh, open In general, now there are some, I do have boundaries with openness still comes boundaries. However, um, I'm definitely working on being more open about all areas of my life. So this is a relationship question. It says, how did you learn to allow yourself to be vulnerable with your significant other regarding childhood challenges and experiences? Was there a criteria criteria he had to meet before you disclose those experiences? What red flags did you watch out for? Thank you. So with me personally, I wanna do a disclaimer and say I'm not a relationship expert (laughs) at all. I do not think that me being engaged means that I've accomplished anything. I think it just means that I made a decision with somebody who I love and loves me back to be married. Like (laughs) I'm one of those people where I feel like I don't really like when people, when they get engaged or married, they think that they can just tell everybody how to live their life. I do not like that. And I'm not going to do that. Um, I'm just going to tell you my experiences and you can take what you want from it and leave what you want to leave. But yeah, to go to your question, when it came to being vulnerable, all of the stuff that you asked me were things that I wanted to do for myself prior to even getting into a relationship. I knew that I had baggage growing up. I knew that I had daddy issues. I knew that I had mommy issues. I knew that I had an emotional wall that you couldn't even dare to break down. I knew all of that stuff already. And so I was working on those things within myself. I lived, I moved out my parents' house. I lived by myself. I was really uh, trying to, still trying to get on track with this God thing. I was, um, going to church. I was trying to get to know myself. I was spending time with myself. I was reading books uh, and all of these things because I wanted to just be a whole person. And I knew that I had a lot of brokenness. So aside from being with anybody else, I wanted to like being with me, just me. And so, um, I learned to allow myself to be vulnerable because I learned to just be a vulnerable person. And, um, and, and the way that I did that was through my youth program because I was helping teenage girls and I was helping them um, get over the very experiences that I had It uh, that required me to be vulnerable with them. And so by practicing that in something that I love and, and so, and I'm so passionate about, it allowed me to just exercise that part of myself and not be that, that ice box that I had turned into as a re- uh, a result of my upbringing. And so when it came to being in a relationship, It was second nature, like vulnerability was just me. So I didn't really have to work to be vulnerable with him or qualify if he was worth me being vulnerable. I had just come to a point of being... Uh, happy with being Tatum and being whole as an individual before he even came along. Um, And then she also asked, was there an experience he had to meet before you disclose those experiences? I'm I'm sorry, was there a criteria he had to meet before you disclose those experiences regarding childhood? Um, No, I'm an open book. I'll tell anybody what I've been through. I, I don't believe that my experiences are a secret. I use the things that I've gone through To help other people And everything that I've gone through is a part of me Like I would not be who I am right now If I didn't have daddy issues or mommy issues Or didn't go through certain things I would not be who I am I'm grateful for everything that I went um, That I went through Because it molded me into being who I am And I can even see certain aspects of who I am right now Is a direct result of something painful that I went through So things that I love about myself right now Are a direct result of things that I once thought were so horrible that hurt me so bad that caused me so much stress and anxiety and 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 anger. They now have turned into beautiful things That I use to help other people And so I don't look at my challenges As something I have to keep shielded Or something that I have to, to keep a secret For somebody to uh, meet a criteria In order to share them with them That's, They're a part of who I am And I am I am unashamed of anything that I've gone through My only thing though is I do want to make sure that when I tell my story I tell it in a way And this is something I'm working on Because I am such a blunt person I want to make sure that I tell my my experiences in a way that doesn't paint anybody involved in a bad way. Like I love my parents. So anything that I've gone through, it it may have been horrible at that time and it may have hurt me, but they're still my parents. They're still alive. I still have relationships with them and I, and I love them the way that I'm supposed to. And so, um, you know, I have to have to be cognizant as well that my story involves other people. And I have to be mindful that their version of the story may be different. And so I know for me, that's, that's the only challenge at this point. And it's not even, this has nothing to do with my significant other. This is just personally, when it comes to, um, discussing my childhood experiences in general, being able to communicate them in a way that doesn't make the other parties involved look bad because whether I had daddy issues or not, he's still going to be my fiance's uh, father-in-law when we get married. So I can't, I don't want him to like resent my father because of anything, or I don't want him to look at my mom or anybody in a certain type of way because of my experiences. And so, um, yeah. And if any, if there was any criteria, then it would be to make sure that he's mature enough to be able to see that, that he's mature enough to be able to accept the things that I've, I've gone through and and not judge anybody because of it, so that that so maturity I guess you can say maturity is a criteria um and then her last question was what red flags did you watch out for? A ve- I'm very, very good At discerning people And this is in Romantic relationships This is in um Personal Like re- uh, Friendship relationship This is in Business relationships I can sit down With somebody For like two seconds And and let you And let you know Straight up If there's somebody That needs to stick around A little longer Or if they gotta go And sometimes Some people are real good At putting on a front So it might take A couple experiences But I'm very, very good At getting past Getting to the root Of who somebody's is somebody is and making a decision on if they're um, who they are is compatible With who I am and if we need To be having any type of relationship I'm, I've am i been blessed with that level Of discernment um, but When it comes to relationships For me I have been in healthy Relationships before this my Fiance is not a guy that came Around and uh, Was the first good man I've ever encountered that's not what it Was I've been in healthy relationships before So it wasn't like he saved Me from anything we were I I was very much so whole and healthy as a individual woman before I even met him. So for me um, it wasn't necessarily about red flags because he cannot have any major red flags and we still not be compatible. So it, it, when it, picking a partner for me it was never about red flags. It was about qualifying like their character, qualifying how that relates to me and how we're, if is, if we'll be able to come together and do something great as one unit. That's kind of what I look for. Um, what I looked for, and so, um, and when I have conversations with like my male friends, a lot of guys, they're like measuring stick as far as what type of woman they want to deal with is so off. Like, I have a friend, and he, we always talk about like relationships and stuff, and he tells me about girls he's dating, when it works out, when it doesn't work out, why it didn't work out, and he's his measuring stick is always like. Well, my ex this, that and the other or this girl did that or my parents did this like the measuring stick is all over the place. But when I got into a relationship, what made me actually take um my fiance seriously, BJ is his name. I don't know why saying my fiance all the time just seems corny. But so the reason what made me take BJ seriously was. When he first, like, asked me to be his girlfriend or whatever, I was like, no, (laughs) because I just wasn't there yet. And so um, a little bit after that, when I was really seriously considering it, it, I asked him, like, well... What makes you think, because we had already had this conversation from jump, we worked together. So we were able to really get to know each other on just a regular person without any of the pressure of dating or anything. We were able to kind of just get to know each other as people first. And so um in our beginning conversations, it was just like, look, I'm tired of asking people their favorite color. So. If we're going to actually date, it needs to be going somewhere. I'm really kind of over the, I'm I'm just not really, I don't want to waste my time, was kind of where we both was at. And so it was great because... We didn't have to worry about anybody playing any games. We knew what it was. So when we got to the point where he was ready to be with me, to me, that what that told me was, you're ready to, to potentially see if you can marry me because we already had this conversation that we're not about to waste each other's time. So I need to know, why do you think, because I wasn't there yet. So I need to know, why do you think that um, I'm the one that you, that you want to uh, potentially marry? And so when I asked him that question, he thought about it for a second and then he picked up, we were sitting down on the couch and he picked up um, his Bible. And so um, I had already like kind of snooped through his place before that <laughs> to kind of to see like, you know, you know, you look in the medicine cabinet, you kind of look, make sure, you know, see what type of books they read. And y'all know, y'all know. But um, so his he had this Bible on his stand and it was a Bible he actually read because he had all these markups in it. It was worn like you can tell that this was something that he spent some time with. And so when I asked him that question. He picked up the Bible and he turned to uh, Proverbs and he was like, "Well, when I think about the type of woman that I potentially want to marry, like this is my reference point." And to me, you check off these things. And he started explaining it, and then my mom was like, "Oh, Tatum you need to get it together." <laughs> Like this guy might be it. And so for me, it was his measuring stick was in the right place. It wasn't like because he wouldn't he didn't hit me with the because in my past, um, girls have done this before. And I just feel like at this point in my life, I need a woman that's going to yada, yada, yada. Like It wasn't about that. He went straight to the source. Like this is what the Bible says a wife is. I feel like you're that. That's why I want to be with you. So to me, that was like that was it like okay I'm taking this guy seriously because his measuring stick is in the right place so to go back to the red flags question it's not about red flags it's about is your measuring stick in the right place and um also who is who you are comparable to, uh, compatible to me because when we get married we come together as one and we're supposed to as a unit fulfill a greater purpose for God so if you don't even know who you are or what you want as a man or whatever then we don't really have no point of being together or or if you want this and I want that and there's no like synergy or in any way that we can bring those two together for God, then it's no point of us being together. You can be a good person all you want to. You just may not be the person for me. And so, um yeah, it's not necessarily about red flags. It's about making sure his measuring stick was in the right place and that he was um grounded and secure and who he was as a man and wouldn't let me and who all of who God called me to be to intimidate his or emasculate him or make him feel emasculated in any type of way. So yeah, not really looking for red flags, just looking for specific Qualifiers on, um, if I'm going to actually take somebody seriously. And even for me with friendships, taking it off of just romantic relationships for friendships, like, what are you rooted on? If I, if I'm going through something and I get off on my walk with God, are you going to encourage that or are you going to put me back in line? You know, if I'm one of the things for me this year that uh, God kind of showed me in the beginning uh, or the end of last year was, I was instructed not to drink at all this year. So y'all know wine is my thing. So this has definitely not been easy, but for me not to drink. So if I say, you know, I'm not drinking, but you're like, come on, just here, come on, just take this shot. Just take the shot. That's not cool for me because if I'm telling you that this is what I'm not doing and you're trying to convince me to do otherwise, and it's not positive, then that's a red flag. You know what I mean? Or if I'm talking about business and you're not challenging me to think deeper about my business, or you're not saying, well, did you pray about that before I make some type of business de- decision, then those are qualifiers on if we're going to be friends or not. Or if you're approaching me with a business deal and we don't even pray to the same person, then that's a qualifier. Like if i if got because my God is the CEO of my business, I have to make sure if we're going to partner that we're on the same page as far as what we're going to be doing and that we can hear from the same God to to govern what it is that we do. So it's not necessarily about red flags. It's about qualifiers. But also, I will also say in order for you to correctly qualify somebody, you have to know yourself and know what it is that you're going to be, what your purpose is in this earth. I don't think you should ever be dealing with anybody, especially romantically, if you don't know your purpose, especially. Actually, even more so if you've had challenges and stuff growing up, because now your identity is all mixed up in what you've been through. And I think the thing about me is my, I'm not defined by what I've been through. My, my tragedies or struggles or, or do not define me. I am me, uh, somebody who's overcome all of those things and who's, who's grown into this great woman. I'm not those things, you know what I mean? So whatever it is that you're going through um, or that you've been through, you are not those things. So I think a lot of times for people who've gone through challenges, especially in their childhood and things like that, we sometimes, our identity is in that. So you have to first figure out who you really are, how those challenges that seemingly were bad actually molded you to be who you are so that you can then use that as a qualifier and also know where you're going so that you can use that. Um, to define what you're going to, what your qualifier is going to be for people that you let in your life, not just romantically, but people in general. And I think us as entrepreneurs, we really, really, really have to prioritize who we date because the wrong man will totally throw off God's plans for you. Like he will totally ruin and derail it And the same thing for the guys that listen to this, like the wrong woman will totally throw you off God's plan. So we especially have to be to be very cautious and strategic about who it is that we date and have those tough conversations in the beginning. Like, I, I don't understand why people don't find find out deal breakers until like three years down the road and y'all all in love stuff that you could have asked on the first date. Like I remember it was a time where, um, before my fiance and I was dating and, um, it was something, I think I was really trying hard at this, uh, at being celibate at that time. And I had asked the guy, I was like, Well, how do you feel about celibacy? And he kind of just straight up told me, like, I mean, that's just not something I can do. This, that, and the other. I was like, Oh, okay, cool. We never went out again. We had a great time that day and we could be cool, but we're not going out again. Because if you can't respect me enough to respect my body and respect my decision, then I'm not gonna think that I'm gonna be that woman that he does it for. I'm not that naive. (laughs) I'll give you the freedom to be who you are, and I will go and find somebody else that's more compatible with me and what it is that I'm doing. And so, um, same thing, have those tough conversations with people in the beginning. Ask that man Do he does he believe in God? Does he pray? You know what I mean? Does he go to church? And, like, and even if he doesn't go to church, does he pray? Does he have a relationship with God? Those are the questions that you gotta ask on day one before you care. I'm the queen of asking tough questions before I care because it's so much easier for me to cut you off on the third date than it is six months later when I'm all in love and, and my logic is blinded by how I feel about you. So yeah, I don't know why I went off on that rant, but um, yeah, so that was actually a little bit long. So I'm going to do one more question and then I'm going to leave it at that. Someone says, congratulations on your engagement. Thank you. Now that you are in full pl- wedding planning mode and your business is flourishing, how do you manage your time with planning your wedding and also being an entrepreneur? Clients, finances, etc. Well, I have a schedule first, first and foremost, like I definitely have a schedule. I set goals every week so I know what it is I'm working on and prioritizing that week. I think that when you have multiple things going on, it's all about priorities. It's not necessarily about balance, but it's about priorities. And so I'm very clear about my priorities. God is first. Um, family is second. And by family, I mean now that because because I am engaged um he kind of graduates to a higher level than if he was just my boyfriend. So the correct order is God, family, business. Now, if he's just my boyfriend, he's not in the family category. So my business is going to come before him. If I need to cancel a date to go to an event, that's what I'm going to do. If I, if I need to not talk to him that day because I got a lot, I got things I need to get done in my business, then that's what it's going to be because you're just my boyfriend. And so, but when you graduate to being uh, my future husband. Now we're about to go into this family territory. We make this, this agreement that we're getting, uh, married now you're in the family category so now it's a little bit different now when you come home from work i'm not working on business because we spend time together you know now if it's something that we need to address and there's a business matter that business matter has to wait because now it's family you know so or if it's something that god wants me to do though then he has to wait because god comes first so it's all about priorities um and also having a clear structure in business. Like if I've, when it comes to clients, there's a clear process that happens between clients. You know, there's the discovery call. There's like a one-on-one session. Then it's the client. It's the step process. So discovery calls, I can work my schedule to where I only take calls on certain days. So I know that on Thursdays is discovery call day. Let's say, for example, Thursday's discovery call day. Then I know I'm only going to take one on one sessions on other certain days and I'm only going to or when I have clients, a lot of it is virtual. So I'm only really um, talking to my clients one on one, like once a month. And then we may have an in-person meeting, but it's not like something I've, I've created and structured the program to where it's not something that's super duper time consuming for me. And so at when it comes to the wedding stuff, I don't do anything wedding related unless it's either... After I'm working on my business So if we just chilling We might be looking at um, Chairs or invitations Or whatever Or on the weekends When I generally don't do much anyway Then I might do some wedding stuff So it's just all about priorities And having a schedule And I'm in school right now also So really dedicating a day Where I do my school work So that it can be done Before the due date Which is normally Tuesdays And so um, yeah It's just all about having a schedule Having priorities Priorities, having a schedule, sticking to it, and just executing. And if things get overwhelming, adjust as necessary. But I know for me, having time to recharge because a lot of what I do is pouring into other people is really important for me to be able to recharge so that I can actually have the energy and have something to give. And so for me, I don't work on the weekends. I have no excuse to where I I need to be working seven days a week. I do not have children, and I do not have a nine to five. And BJ has a nine to five. So if he's at work all day and I'm in the house from uh, seven, let's say 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., that's 12 hours worth of things that I can do on my business. I don't have an excuse to be working all Saturday. And Sunday, I really don't. So my weekends are the time where it's just me. I'm chilling, watching Netflix. We hang out. Me and BJ go out on Friday nights. Um, on the weekends, we chill. I might see family or whatever. I like to keep a well-balanced life. And the way that I do that is by, again, priorities, having a schedule, and keeping uh, and keeping up with it. So I'm going to actually finish it there. She she asked about finances, too. Um, I really pay attention to my finances mostly at the end of the month. So um what I personally do is at the end of the month, what I did, well, prior to this, what I did when I first left my job was every month I would just give myself, my salary would be like the bare minimum of what I needed to survive. So pretty much just my bills is what I would give myself in a salary. Now I do it a little bit differently. So at the end of the month, I... um is when I work on money. So I really technically work on it the first day of the next month, so I have a full month of stuff to work with. But I twenty one percent I save for taxes, ten percent I tithe, all my business expenses I paid for, and then I save ten percent for business. And then after that, whatever's left, I give myself and I can do whatever I want with it. Probably will save more of it some most of the time for um just just life goals that I have that I want to save money for. So finances is a once in a month thing. I'm not working on my finances every single week. So because it's, I know that that's something that I do at the end of the month, then I can just plan for that as well. So it's all about just time management. I think we give ourselves... um we don't give ourselves enough credit on how much time we actually have. If, if you were to not scroll on social media for the first two hours you was awake, you would probably have more time to do what it is that you want to do. So it's all about though, just really creating those goals, creating that plan, executing on it. So I'm going to actually wrap this up here. And um, yeah, if you guys have questions, go to www.black, oh God, I'm all wrong, blessedandbossedup.com. I'm surprised I didn't mess that up sooner, blessedandbossedup.com and um, click the ask a boss tab to submit your questions and I will talk to you guys next week. Big trip on the horizon? The Parking Spot gets you going faster. The Parking Spot is a simpler, easier way to navigate airport parking. When you book online, you'll save money, and you're guaranteed a spot. We'll pick you up at your trunk in our yellow and black spotted shuttles, help you with your bags, and take you straight to the terminal. Parking and saving come full circle at The Parking Spot. Get going faster with The Parking Spot. Visit The Parking Spot.